0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Hey everybody, welcome to the Sunday night service. We're going to have an awesome time for the next few minutes studying the Word of God together. So many awesome things going on right now at church, man. This coming Sunday is Father's Day, so we're going to celebrate the dads because what an awesome time to have godly dads in this world so many awesome wonderful things going on but there's a verse we're going to mainly go over tonight that really jumped out at me the other day as i was studying my bible in the morning i want to share that with you and i know that it's a word for us in this season so let's pray we're going to dive right into the word amen father in jesus name i thank you lord for this awesome opportunity to study your word lord to open our bibles and look at what you're trying to tell us in this day and age We know that it seems like a crazy time to be alive, but God, for those that are close to you, it's a wonderful time to be alive because we can see the glory of God and see what you're about to do. We love you, Lord. We praise you. Be with us as we study this. In Jesus' name, amen. So the verse that I'm referring to tonight is Isaiah 65 and verse 1. Isaiah 65, verse 1 and... This is a verse that I obviously, I had read it before because it was highlighted in my Bible, but I had forgotten about it apparently. So what we have here is a time when the people of Judah, uh, they had been taken by the Babylonians and uh, they wanted their nation restored. They wanted their people restored and they were wondering, well, Where were you, God? What's going on? Why haven't you rescued us yet? So Isaiah 65 and verse 1, this is what the Lord said. He says, I was ready to respond, but no one asked for help. I was ready to be found, but no one was looking for me. I said, here I am, here I am, to a nation that did not call on my name. And so when we're looking at that, you know, so many people are saying, Hey, America's in bad shape, this is going on, and this is in bad shape, and this and that and this and that, and and God's saying, Hey, hello, here I am, here I am, I'm ready to respond, but he needs someone to call upon him. So we're gonna break this verse down into three parts here and and see what it means for us today. So I'm gonna go high tech on us and uh and and, and put uh my own generic PowerPoint together for you. Isaiah 65, verse 1. And so the first point is this. Number one is God is ready to respond. You like that? God is ready to respond. And we're going to turn in just a minute to Matthew 8, verses 1 through 3. But God is ready to respond. This verse in Isaiah 65, it answers a lot of questions that people may or may not have. First of all, the 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 age-old question, where was God? And anytime, anytime something bad happens in this world, God seems to take the blame for it. God seems to take the rap for it. And let's be fair to God, he gets blamed for a lot of stuff that wasn't his fault. <laughs> he gets blamed for a lot of stuff that he had nothing to do with, and and that's not fair, because we know that God is a good God. He said in John 10, 10, uh, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give life and life more abundantly. And so, so many times, even well-meaning Christians uh, are wondering, well, what's God doing now? What's going on? And he's getting blamed for stuff that he did not do. And so, the next question is, you know, where was God? Well, I'll tell you where he was. He was ready to respond, but no one asked for help. He was ready to be found, but no one was looking for him he said here i am here i am to a nation that did not call on his name now that applies to many nations judah way back then and the united states right now in our day and age so i imagined you know us driving down the highway of life our society we're going down the the highway and there may be stuff going on around us but i see god standing right there at the side of the road waving his arms Here I am, here I am, call on me, here I am. And people just driving right on past say, Huh, what was that? Huh? And and it's like they can hear a little bit of his voice, but they're just so oblivious, so caught up in this world and the things of this world that they're just cruise right on past God and He's waving his arms trying to get their attention, but they're not paying any attention. At all and that is that's sad but it's a very accurate description of what we've got going on in our day so one thing about God that you have to realize is not only is he able but he's willing God is willing to help us get through any situation he wants to help us he's waving his arms he's saying I'm, I'm ready man I'm on standby let's do this just give me the call give me the call but the call for so many people just flat out isn't coming. So, Matthew 8, we're going to look at verses 1 through 3. Matthew 8, 1 through 3. And as we're flipping over there, you know, I, it, it just gets me that some people doubt God's willingness. How, what kind of a dad would I be if I had food in the fridge, money in the bank, and everything that I needed to provide for my kids, yet they're begging me, for help! Dad, we're starving. Help us out here. We haven't ate for days. Dad, help us. And and do you, do you have any food? Yeah, we got a whole refrigerator full. We just went to the store a couple days ago. Oh, good, Dad. Can you help us out? Do you want to help us? I've got the supply. I just don't want to give it to you. I want to hold back from you. I mean, if you if you caught me being like that to my kids, you said that guy's not fit to be a dad. He doesn't deserve to have kids. Yet so many people they're oh I know God's God's able he God with God all things are possible and they know the ability of God yet they doubt His willingness. What an awful insulting thing to do to God. He's not only able He's willing. So Matthew eight one through three we saw uh, these verses in the morning sermon Sunday morning but. It tells this story, large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus didn't say, "Hmm. wow, uh, you you know what, uh, you're right, I am able, you, you know that I am, but I, I'm just, not for you, it's not my will for you. No, look, it says, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed. And instantly, the leprosy disappeared. And so Jesus, he didn't even, he didn't think about it. He didn't hesitate. He just, boom, of course I'm willing. And he brought healing to this man instantly. And so this tells me that we don't have a problem receiving because of God's willingness. The problem is not whether or not God is willing. The problem is not enough people are taking it seriously enough. You know, Charles Caps uh, said this. Some say, I know God is able, but I don't, but I don't know whether or not He's willing. And I can tell you, He won't until you find out that He will. And so, we need to realize that God's not just gonna force His blessing, force His healing, force Himself upon us until we, as a collective people, as a collective nation, start knowing that He will. It's His will for us to have the peace and the joy and the healing that He desires for us. You know, uh, Pastor Bill Winston in Chicago, one of my favorite uh, preachers, said, if you've got guts enough to say it, God's got power enough to do it. And that's why... Here in Barstow we're speaking this faith confession we we've got the guts to say it that no matter what it looks like, our city's blessed, we're safe. We're prospering, we're healthy, we're, we're, we're healed, and, and people would look and say, Barstow, are you serious? And I hear people say all sorts of mean things about our town and, and insulting things about us, but we've got the guts and the faith to speak up and speak words over it, and we're beginning to see some of the fruit of our mouth, some of the fruit of the words that we've been willing enough to speak. And so, don't ever doubt God's willingness. Don't ever say, well, where was he? He was right there. He is right here trying to get our attention. He wants to be found. He is ready to respond every single time. Amen? And so the number two thing we're going to say is this, is God is ready to be found. Oh, here it is. God is ready to be found. Now, you need to realize he's not playing hide and seek. He's not saying, well, you know what? I want to help and I'm ready to help, but you got to come find me first. It, it's not some game, but I can tell you this much. He's waiting for people who want him bad enough to search for him. He's, he's, he wants people that have enough tenacity, have enough interest, have enough love to actually get up and seek him, seek his face, seek his will. Jeremiah 29, verses 13 and 14. Jeremiah 29, verses 13 and 14. And we're all familiar with Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Everybody loves that. That's a refrigerator verse, man. That's a t-shirt verse. That's a verse that we put everywhere, and for good reason. It's a powerful, awesome verse, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, right? Plans to prosper you, not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. But look at these next couple of verses after that. Verse 13, the Lord says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and bring you home again to your own land. Notice it says wholeheartedly. There's a lot of people that they want Jesus to give them his wholehearted blessing, but they only want to give him half of their heart. They, they don't want to give Jesus their wholehearted blessing. Diligence. They're wholehearted seeking. they want, to, But they sure enough want Jesus to give his wholehearted blessing and, and love to them. But, I mean, think about this. We're already getting the better end of this. This is already the most unfair trade ever. Jesus, the only perfect person, the only awesome person to ever live, comes and trades his life for our messed up ones. He's saying, here, I'll give you a million dollars if you'll give me one penny. And, and, and I mean, what? that's not a fair trade at all. You're already giving the better end of the deal. But Jesus says, hey, I'll, I'm ready, man. I, I am ready to be found. You're going to find me if you look for me wholeheartedly. Imagine going to a wedding, and you're hearing the wedding vows, and the bride says, I promise to love you with all of my heart forever. Then it's the husband's turn to, the groom's turn to give his vows. And he says, I promise to love you with half of my heart. I mean, if I'm sitting in the crowd, I'm like, whoa, I, I've got red flags going up everywhere. This cannot be uh, an, an even agreement. This is not, uh, both parties are not going into this giving their all. He just said it with his own words. So the groom says, I promise to love you with at least 50 to 75% of my heart, uh, when I feel like it on the good days. And, and, and again, I'm sitting in the crowd thinking this is, th- this is set up for disaster. Because one of the individuals going into the relationship is willing to give it all, but the other one is not. That's an unstable, shaky, probably not going to work out relationship. Yet, in our relationship with God, he said, I, I love you with everything. I'll, I'll die for you. And then he did do it. And then we say, Jesus, I love you, man. I, I, I'd do anything for you. But then we, w- we won't even go to church for him. We won't even, we won't even uh, give him half, uh, 25% of our time. So do you start to see where the disconnect is, where it's possible how God's hands could be tied from doing what he wants to do? He wants to help us. He's ready to be found. And I can tell you, if you've reached that point in your life where you're willing to give Jesus everything, you know what? I'm just going to make him Lord. You don't regret it. I know for in my life, I don't regret the moment that I decided to really give Jesus full control of my life, I would never go back to how it was before. I would. I don't regret it for one second. And I know so many of you here at church, you would say the same thing, man. I don't need all that depression. I don't need all that disaster and pride and arrogance that I had before. Forget it. You can keep it. I'm happy with giving it all to Jesus and laying my life down for him. He's ready to be found. But are we really looking for him? You know, I shared this story on my social media the other day about a man I just met in Flagstaff, Arizona uh, earlier this week. And uh, it turns out, you know, I, I didn't realize that the, the guy was homeless and he's preaching to me about Jesus. I, I'm going to pick up a pizza one night for the family because, you know, they, they got to eat in the middle of the night for whatever reason. So we're on vacation. It's fine. So I'm going to pick up a pizza and this guy's sitting out there just smiling at me and I go in and he waves at me. When I come back out, he wants to tell me, hey, Jesus loves you, man. And, and he starts preaching to me. And I'm freezing because Flagstaff's in the mountains and I'm just in his short, shorts and a t-shirt and my kids are in the car. I'm like, man, thank you. Amen. I agree with that. You have a blessed night. So I get in the car, head back to the hotel. And as I'm in there, I'm like, my gosh, what am I doing? This man's obviously homeless, uh, he didn't tell me that, and he wasn't, didn't ask me for money or anything, but he had the most joy of anybody I've ever seen in my life. And so, you know, I've gotta get down there, I've gotta get him off the streets. So, uh, you know, I talk to Katie, I, I go, I go back to the pizza place, he's gone, and so I'm driving, looking for him, and finally I, I find him preaching to somebody else. And so I pull him to the side and tell him what I want to do, and he's so thankful he's so thankful, but not surprised because he knows, and he told me, "Well, you know, God always comes through for me every single time, so I you know I'm not even sweating it, but he's shared some of his testimony and uh and he didn't always walk with the Lord, but he found Jesus because Jesus says, "Hey, I'm ready to be found i, I hey, I'm right here and so the man, he finds Jesus and yeah, going through some different difficult times, but he's going to land on his feet and he's going to thrive because he's putting Jesus first. And anyway, just, it was an awesome, exciting time. This man uh, lifted me up. You know, I told him, hey, you're, you're preaching to a preacher, but you're, you amen, you're doing a great job. And so he fired me up to, uh, to continue to seek Jesus and give him everything that I've got and so I love that man we need more guys like that so the third thing we're saying tonight out of Isaiah 65 is this is that number three hey we've got to call on his name we've got to call on his name and so a verse I want to share here is Psalm 50 verse 15 Psalm 50 verse 15 and you know this sounds like such a basic thing of course we got to call on his name but really, maybe you have as an individual, maybe I have as an individual, but it's time for revival and awakening in America. Just like Dana Nile preached here last Sunday morning, you know, do we need a revival? Do we need an awakening? We need both. We need all of it right now. We need everything we can get from Jesus. And so uh, maybe you've called on his name as an individual. I know I have, and I know a lot of you have, but it's time for America Be revived and collectively, as a nation, as a group, call on the name of the Lord. Psalm 50, verse 15, it says, Then call on me when you are in trouble, and I'll rescue you, and you will give me glory. Well, hey, we're in trouble. Huh? Come on. We're we're in trouble as a nation right now. He says, Call on me when you're in trouble, and I will rescue you. It doesn't say, I might rescue you, or if it's my will, I will rescue you. It says, I will rescue you, and then you can just walk off and go back to how you were living. No. It says, and then you can give me glory. He rescues us when we call, and then what do we do? We give him the glory, but I'm telling you, now is the time to call on the name of the Lord. You know, I don't know if you ever see these infomercials and stuff like that, but a lot of times, uh, we, we, they use these, uh, these words to 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 make you make impulse decisions, you know. Call now. If you call in the next 30 minutes, we'll throw this in. Don't waste. Call now. Call immediately. And they're trying to get you to, without even thinking about it, do something. And I know, hey, I've I've uh, I've fallen victim to that one night in college. Uh, I was up watching infomercials, which is just not a good idea. And this product comes on the screen called the Aluma Tweezers, and it's this uh, these tweezers with a built-in magnifying glass. And flashlight, and it shows these women, uh you know, tweezing their eyebrows the old-fashioned way with a mirror and tweezers, and you know, of course, they make it dramatic. And oh, she pokes herself in the eye, and oh, she missed, and and all this, just you know, how these these commercials are. And then it shows someone with the Illuma tweez like just man, tweezing their eyebrows. And so anyway, I'm like, man, this would be awesome. What a, what a wonderful gift for a lady. So. But then it says, you gotta call right now or the price is gonna change. I'm like, oh man, so I call right away and hey man, send me one, send me two, send me all you've got. And so the Illuma Tweez arrives in the mail a week later. I decided to pay shipping and handling. I mean, what a deal. And turns out it was a real piece of junk. Uh, I give it to, to my wife Katie and she was, it wasn't good. The tweezers were bad. The stupid flashlight was blinding cause there was LED light right in your eyeball. And it was just, it was a mess. And so I'm thinking, Well, you know, I guess that didn't work out. So a few weeks later, yeah, I didn't learn my lesson. I'm up again watching infomercials. And they put on this wonderful new pot and pan set and show these ladies cooking and having, you know, what an awesome time. How could we have ever how do we survive with our old pots and pans that we've used for all these years? And so they're like, Hey, they're nineteen ninety five right now, but you gotta call right now. Right now. And so I'm like, Well oh, man, so, I call again, order them, they show up in the mail, and the pans were the size of, like, a Barbie playhouse set. It was was like Polly Pocket. They were tiny. We couldn't use them for anything. It was awful. And so they got me again. But I was making these impulse decisions, but I'm telling you, right now is the time to call on Jesus. Call on the name of the Lord for this nation, for your life. For us as a people for healing, this is the time. Don't wait. We've got to do it now. And you know, sometimes in our lives, we, we're in a bad situation and we're like, well, I'll finally, I'll, I'll change. I'll get out of this when this line right here is crossed or when it reaches this level, I'll, I'm out or when the waters rise to this height, I'll go ahead and bail. And we're waiting and, 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 and we're waiting for certain lines to be crossed until we make the change that needs to happen and i know in my life when i've done stupid things like that eventually it's just too late and something stupid and bad and dangerous happens because i should have made the right choice a lot earlier on and so for us in america for us wherever you're watching from or or just in your own personal life don't wait don't say well whenever this happens when this line is crossed i think that i'll i'll full full force, jump into Jesus. I'll, I'll, I'll call for revival. No, today is the day of salvation. Joshua said to the Israelites, choose you today who you will serve. It's going to be the gods of the Amorites or the Amalekites. Who's it going to be? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And so he said, choose today. And I'm telling us, man, I know I'm preaching to the choir to so many people right here, but we have got to get this in our hearts. Today is the day to call upon the name of the Lord right now. And so I'm going to kind of close this message out in prayer before we uh, take up our Sunday night tithes and offerings. But I hope this encouraged you. I hope that this verse in Isaiah meant something to you that God's ready. He's not holding back. He's ready. He's waving his arms saying, here I am. Here I am. Call on me. Call on me. He's ready to do a great work and bring revival in America. But it's going to take a whole lot more than two or three people calling out. It's going to take a uh, unity, a mass calling out on the Lord. And something good is going to happen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for everybody within the sound of my voice right now, God, that, that hey, they're, they're listening. They're at least tuning in right now. I pray that you're speaking to their hearts. And Lord, if we've just been lazy, forgive us. But we know that this is our wake up call, and it's not because you've been lazy, it's not because you've been holding back you're ready. You're ready to roll. You're ready to do some good things in this nation and in this world, but we have got to do our part. We've got to call the name of the Lord. We've got to realize that you're right there. You're not only able, you're willing. So, Lord, I pray that as we hear this, we're not just going to say amen, but we're going to be a doer of the word and start doing our part to spread the gospel message. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, we're going to do our Sunday evening tithes and offerings. And, man, I I, I love this. God has been so good to us and, and so generous, so faithful to us through everything that's gone on in this world in 2020. And the verse I want to share with you is found in Psalm 35 verse 27. And as we're doing that, I want to remind you that, uh, giving right now, the best way is online at hdwc.org slash giving. And there's different tabs on there you can, you can look at. But, uh, you know, just, I encourage you to keep being faithful with that. But Psalm 35 verse 27, a verse that my parents taught me as a kid, it says, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure and the prosperity of his servant. And so notice it says, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Well, somebody that tithes, somebody that gives God 10%, somebody that gives God offerings on top of that, that's somebody that favors God's righteous cause right there. I mean, you don't, you don't be a tither if you don't favor God's righteous cause. You don't give money to, to church, to missionaries, to those in need, if you don't favor God's righteous cause. But what's the last part to say? Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And so, again, so many people are, well, don't talk about money at church, and I don't know if God really wants to prosper you in that way. Man, if you read the Bible at all, You can see that God does want you to prosper. God does want to give you good things in this life. That's not my motivation for serving him, but it sure is an awesome byproduct that God has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. So we have got to get this revelation in our hearts and realize that when we give, yes, we're doing it out of love for Jesus. But also, we know his word promises blessing to us. His word promises that he has got our back and that he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Amen. All right. Let's say our faith confession over our finances. And remember, these are not just some words we say. It's not just our tradition. This is powerful faith words to speak over our money. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on, somebody. All right. Now we're going to close out with our Barstow faith confession. And I want you to speak these words with faith over Barstow or maybe the city that you live in. Amen. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barso is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name Amen. We love you guys. We'll see you Wednesday night at 7. And this coming Sunday is Father's Day. Let's get the dads together. We've got some gifts to give them and everything and celebrate the wonderful dads. We love you. We will see you soon. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.